0: Welcome to a very special edition of Ask the Vet Remote, and we've got uh, two amazing experts lined up to take your calls. Ask the Vet is a call-in show. The number is 970-963-2976. Dr. Liz Foster, can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can.
0: Oh, good. And Vet Tech Emily Yanarella, can you hear me? I can. All right. So we got the phones working. Folks, you can call up and speak to these wonderful experts at 970-963-2976. I am going to shut up and turn off my mic. Take it away, ladies.
1: (laughs) Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening today. I'll give you one guess what our topic is. That's right. It's COVID-19. Today, we're going to be talking about specifically the coronavirus and how it impacts us and um, and our pets. Um, So, Dr. Foster, I know I've been personally getting a lot of questions from clients about how transmissible this disease is through contact with our pets, our neighbor's pets, our family pets. That? Yeah, so we can start with that. So... um, you know, it's actually not, as far as we know, it's not transmissible between our domestic pets, um, and I'm more so talking dogs, cats, ferrets, cancers, stuff like that. Um, we have no evidence right now that pets can be um, can pass it on to people, um, which is great news. Um, so there's not much that we have to worry about, as far as we know. And we all know, things are changing, but um, all all the time, we're always finding out more things, but as, far as we know, they cannot pass it to us. Well, that's good news. Yes, very good. News. Now, dogs get coronavirus. Is that true? And is- yeah, so they you're breaking up a little bit, but I think that dogs dogs can get coronaviruses, um, and actually, coronaviruses are very very common um, amongst pretty much any species out there we all have our own version of coronavirus um, coronavirus is called co- cause the common colds a lot so um, the one that we see in dogs is um, very individual subspecies it is not something that can be passed from dog to any other species or human as far as we know um, and it's actually pretty common um, in 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 dogs enough that we you know, sometimes you'll see that certain practices vaccinate for it. But, um, you know, it's it's common, but it's treatable. Um, so that is not the same as COVID 19 in people, though.
0: Emily? Well, that's
1: good news again.
0: <laughs> Dr. Foster, Emily, we have our first caller.
1: Oh, cool. Call, oh,
0: caller, great. You, you are on the air. Hi. Our uh, 12 and a half year old cat is having uh, kidney low, but sure issues and it's getting very, very finicky. We're on a prescription diet now, but he'll like something for a few weeks and then doesn't seem to want to eat anymore. Any tips or tricks to help get that guy to eat?
1: Sure, yeah, that's a great question and it's super common in cats that they get kidney disease. So, um, you know, if if he's on the prescription diet that's good for his kidneys, Uh, there are a couple different brands of it, as you probably know.
0: And, um, you know,
1: I'd encourage you to, to reach out and see if you can get um, not only, I don't know what brand you're on, but there's Science, there's Hills and then there's Royal Canin. And the nice thing about both of those brands is that they have several different flavors of both dry and canned food. So I'd encourage you to reach out to your veterinarian and see if that's something that they recommend um, because it's not uncommon in cats with kidney disease that we get picky. Um, and we need to keep them eating. And so that's number one. And number two, you could even reach out to your veterinarian and see if they would be able to give you um, something like an appetite stimulant or an anti-nausea or both of those things. Um, Reach out to your vet and and just check in with them because there's actually a lot that we can do or that we can teach you how to do at home um, to help them feel as good as possible and keep them eating. Excellent.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Just
1: a reminder. Oh. You go. Nine seven zero nine six three twenty nine seventy-six is the number to call. So please we welcome your questions. Cool. So Foster, um we work together um pretty frequently. Um why don't we share with the listeners how we're changing? Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent question. Um, and it's, it'll be kind of a nice insight into what your vets are doing. So, you know, um, I think most vets, um, around the U.S., at least, um, or probably around the world are doing curbside service. So that means that, um, no humans other than the staff members are allowed in the hospital. Um, and that is to protect, obviously, the, the people, but also the pets. Um, so we're doing a lot of communication over the phone, via email, via text, um, but we're still taking, you know, as many pets as we need to per day to keep them to keep them safe. Um, what we're doing on the inside of the hospital um, to keep the pets safe and to keep the owners safe is um, here at Alpine Animal Hospital. At least we are all wearing masks, so we have masks on every day, all day long, um, and uh, we are working in teams as much as possible, not sharing. Um, you know, exam rooms as much as we can, um, keeping our six foot distance as much as we can. Um, So that is what, you know, we're trying to keep the staff members safe and we're also trying to keep the pets safe. Um, We thoroughly, thoroughly clean the exam rooms between each patient um, and uh, the hospital is thoroughly cleaned every single night. So, um, you know, we we still want to see our clients. Still want to provide that same service, both to healthy and um, sick animals, but please be assured that we are doing the best that we can to keep us safe and to keep your pets safe, so that we're not um, hopefully spreading anything amongst uh, you know amongst clients. But you could also know that we also um, are taking our temperatures every day before we come in here, um, and our management and um, and, and owners um, are are being super vigilant on how they are. Um, you know, keeping all of us safe here. So we're pretty proud of what we're doing. Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're doing um, a pretty good job. It's, it's a lot of work, but um, keeping things clean is, I think, making everybody um, feel a little bit safer um, coming to work every day. So, yeah, I agree. Um, And you have the cutest mask, might I say, Dr. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to wear them every day, so we have to have fun with them.
0: Hold yeah, on, for hold those on. of you, Emily, describe um, it. Describe who, it. What is what makes it the cutest mask? Oh my
1: gosh! Oh gosh! I have I have several. I have several. I have Star Wars, of course. Um, Favorite one is the unicorn one. Yeah, that's the one I'm wearing right now. I got um, a, a kitty corn. So it's it's a it, cats that have that, that kind of have unicorn horns. And, yeah, I mean, you got to do something fun with it. I also have a Dumbo, and I have all kinds of ones. Um, yeah, you get, you know you got to have fun with it if you have to wear masks every day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Dr. Foster, just in, as the broader sense of um, contagious diseases go, um, mm-hmm. is there coronavirus aside, um, contagious disease with pets? What are the biggest ways that Right. And it's people at home be extra careful, um, just in general, with their animals and what I think? Yeah. That's a good question. So it kind of does tie into the COVID thing. Um, but, you know, right now, especially, but in general, we want pets to be vaccinated. Um, and that's one of the more important things. You know, we don't want to unnecessarily vaccinate anybody. Um, but, you know, to keep pets safe from the common things that they get um, get them vaccinated. So rabies, number one, rabies is, is fatal. Um, and there's no reason why a pet should die of rabies. So, you know, that's important. Um, other vaccines include the distemper combo for dogs and cats. Um, those, those cover the broad kind of handful of diseases that both those species can get. Um, and then, uh, you know, there are some lifestyle vaccines as well that we've that we recommend. Um, So that's number one. Another thing that we can consider doing is um, just being careful um, when we're going out in public with these guys. So, you know, puppies, um, we always talk to owners about being careful of public spaces such as uh, dog parks and, and, you know, in the middle of town somewhere, um, you know, keeping them away from those pets that they're not familiar with until they're fully vaccinated. Um, Another good thing would be, um, you know, I know this is not a, not a popular thing, but considering keeping your cats inside. I mean, you know, cats spread disease to each other, and cats can get disease from other wild animals. Um, and right now, um, specifically, keep your dogs away from the dog park, please. Um, I don't think we should be gathering there anyways, but, um, you know, keep them away from the dog park. Keep the dogs on a leash. Um, maintain that social distancing from people and other animals, um, you know, because in the end. We don't, <clears throat> we never know what another animal can be unknowingly carrying and spreading. And um, right now in the world these days, we don't want them to get sick. Um, so, you know, and just and just be diligent on if they're showing any signs of illness. Uh, you know, keeping an eye on your cat. Cats are pretty terrible at telling us when something's wrong. So um, if they're hiding or if they're, if they're not grooming or if they're just not acting right, you know, just give your bed a call same thing with your dog. Yeah, that's great advice. That's fantastic advice. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. So, things are changing, right? Things are changing pretty rapidly. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of businesses are going to be opening back up cautiously um, June 1st. Um, What sort of precautions can our clients expect to be taking when they're allowed back into the veterinary office? Yeah, so, that's another good question. Um, <clears throat> so I can only speak for what we're doing here, but again, I think that it's pretty pretty. It's pretty It's broad um, that a lot of veterinary clinics are operating in this way. But, um, you know, we um, are going to hopefully be opening up to clients sooner than later. Um, and uh, number one, you know, we, we want you to come in with your pet, but we are going to request that it's going to be one person per pet. So, you know, I love seeing families. I have kids and I love having kids and parents and everybody coming in and making it a family affair, but we're going to have to hold off on that for now. So, that's the first thing is we're just going to ask um, that it's only one person and then the pet, even if it's one person and then two pets. Um, Another thing that we're going to request is that people wear masks when they come inside. Um, and that they use the hand sanitizer that we are going to provide. Um, and, uh, you know, if anyone's been the Alpine Animal Hospital, you kind of know what we look like, but we're going to have a door that everyone comes in, and then we're going to have a door that everybody comes out. And we're going to be efficient um, and uh, kind of uh, keep you at a distance from our staff um, as much as we can. And, uh, limit, you know, limit contact. We're going to have the clear plexiglass up at our front desk. Um, it's going to be very similar to what you see at a lot of the businesses that are already allow people in there um, <clears throat> but uh, you know it, it, it's to keep all of our staff safe so that we can keep providing the service to you um, and it's obviously to keep you safe as well we will still be wearing masks as well um, like we do all day every day and um, we're looking forward to having that interaction with people again um, you know it, it, it's absolutely uh, you know, it. believe us when we say that we are missing having that interaction with people. Um, we love seeing your pets, but we also love having conversations face-to-face. And so even though it's going to be different, we are it's looking forward to having those. Yeah, it's mass to mass. Yeah, so <laughs> be creative with whatever mask you put on. And, yeah, we're looking forward to having that because that's something that we've been missing.
0: Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, I I was just uh, curious your take on the I believe it was Governor Polis's office that made the decision, but I remember when we heard uh, from Eric Barry at RJ Paddywax, of course, longtime supporters of Katie and Kay, that that RJ's was you know going to be protected as an essential business as well. Um, what was your reaction to sort of the overall attitude toward animals? In a time when we 're so obviously rightfully so focused on human health um, it seem, yeah. it seems like clearly uh, veterinarians um, should be you know pretty uncontroversial in terms of that de- designation pet food uh, clearly essential to to those of us who are fans of this show, but maybe not to some others and Then what about sure. like grooming and other other sort of what we think of as maybe cosmetic things on the human side i 'm just kind of curious your take yeah. on. Um, I'm not asking you to get into politics, but just in general, your take on the you know the how how it's gone from the animal's perspective so far
1: yeah so you know it was um and I think Emily, uh, you pipe in too I, you know it was challenging um in the beginning while well, we were kind of very um <laughs> kind of trudging through the mud of um okay, are we essential? I think that we are uh, then how are we going to operate and honestly um our management team here did a fantastic job of literally changing things overnight. Um, And so, you know, we weren't given a lot of guidance at first. Um, And and I think that, um, you know, us being considered an essential business as quickly as we were was huge. Now, you know, I, um, I think that it's you know, well, it's just my opinion, but I do think that pet food stores in a way should be considered essential, obviously. Um, you know, but I think it's also, it's kind of muddy waters because, um, I don't know about you guys, but I have absolutely transitioned to getting my stuff online more so because I literally cannot get it somewhere else. Um, so I do want to support those local small businesses that provide these things while also trying to keep my family safe. Um, so I can understand why people can be really frustrated when um, it's not considered essential. But um, and then you know grooming and stuff. That's another that's another hard one. Um, you know we deal with pets every day that have to get groomed, and honestly they need it for their welfare. They need it for their well-being. Um, and so it's comfortable to have mats in your fur. Oh my gosh, yes, they hurt. Um, I have curly and so, you know, hair, and I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know. I support that. Again, I support that in a way, um, you know, do we maybe have to uh, reduce the hours or change the hours? Sure. Um, But I support that as being considered essential, just like pet food stores, because again, uh, um, you know, that's a livelihood that you're worried about, right? You're worried about it. And to us, that's that's important um, as as pet caregivers and pet owners ourselves. so, you know, I think with pets people, are part always, of our family. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, a pet isn't always going to be one that, you know, with people. So I have a six year old at home that desperately needs his haircut, right? But I'm not necessarily going to bring him in to get his haircut right now. He looks like he's been blown out of a cannon. He's a hot mess, but, you know, he's, he's, he's fine. But you know what? I also support the fact that if I had a dog that would be, that needs to get groomed, I don't expect an owner to do that. That's hard. That is not easy work to do. And so, again, I think it's um, it's different. It's different. I don't think you can compare apples to apples here. I think that, uh, you know, people can always go somewhere to get food. Um, we are providing a lot of um, resources for people, regardless of what their social economic status is. But sometimes there's only a certain place dogs can get food and cats can get food. So. I think that um, there could be um, some changes put in place for these places, but I do think that they're essential. Um, I, I really do. Um,
0: Thanks for taking but my yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely.
1: On that. You know, veterinary medicine is one of those things that's kind of forgotten about as <laughs> as a uh, as a medical kind of thing. Um, veterinarians are often and and, and our and our um, coworkers are often kind of pushed to the side as essential for anything, for God's sakes. But um, You know, so I think that we've really risen above um, during this thing. Uh, We're not expecting a lot of pats in the back, but, um, you know, we've been working our our tails off. And I think I, you know, speak for our entire place that we've done it with um, gratitude and honor. But, you know, we've been working our butts off here. Um, And uh, so I think that anything that has to do with an animal should be really, really
0: we have about 5 minutes left. Absolutely. The number to call to ask these experts your question is 970-963-2976. That's 963-2976. And uh I'm sure Emily has other ideas for the last 5 minutes. Um but we do have time for one more call. So you're welcome to hit them up and ask the vet on KDK. Please do. Give us a shout. Yeah. So
1: Dr. Foster, one of the things that I've um Struggled with the most is we, an animal um, hospital, that we just trying to mitigate stressors as much as possible um, mm-hmm. when patients come to see us. And the struggle for me is we're not allowing these animal support person in the building with them, and we've had a lot of really, really uh, afraid to come in the doors. Can you talk a little bit about how we've been um, mitigating the stress, even though we have to operate under these circumstances?
0: Hold that. Absolutely. Hold that so, thought, Doctor Foster. We got a caller.
1: Oh, oh, cool. Oh, great. caller,
0: you're live on Katie and k
1: Oh, hi. Hi.
0: Did you want to hi, ask I the vets a question? question?
1: Yes, I have a question. Um, I have two kitty cat cats. And um, I just wonder how I can get them to uh,
0: uh, eat a healthier
1: diet. What are, what's good food for them to eat? So, um, so you were breaking up a little bit. What is, it? What, is it? what is the type of pet that you have? It sounds like she um, <laughs> has some cats. It sounds like this is, number one, my mom calling in. <laughs> um, but, number two, it also sounds like she's asking about healthy diets so that she can feed her cat and what suggestions you have. Oh yeah, um, you know there's a lot of good diets out there. I'd, I'm not a I, I'm not an advocate for one diet over the other. That's for sure. I think there's a lot of good ones. Um, I think that it's important that um, that they are balanced and that they have what's called an AFCO statement on them. So in little tiny little letters, you'll see it's A um, A F C O, and that's basically one of the governing bodies for nutrition for animals. Um, and that just means that it's a healthy, balanced diet based on what we think. Um, through, you know, scientific research that they need. Um, but, you know, I think that it, whether you get your pet food um, at the feed store or whether you get them um, at a small boutique-like store, whether you get them at your vet, I think that um, just, you know, make sure you're feeding them for their lifespan. Um, So kitten versus adult versus senior, um, or puppy, adult and senior, um, and feed them what they like. Um, and, you know, just ask your veterinarian if you need any more specifics about it. That sounds like a great idea. Thank you so much. Okay, well, Bye, Mom. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was my mother calling from Wasilla, Alaska to support <laughs> um, wow. support KDNK.
0: She can see Russia.
1: She can see Russia <laughs> from her house. He sure can. Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs>
1: well, we, st- <laughs> yeah, it's
0: good stuff. we still have two minutes left for you to answer Emily's okay. question, Dr. Foster. Okay.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So really quick. Um, so we're a fear-free hospital. Emily, your question was breaking up. We are a fear-free hospital, and we're very proud oh. of that. So what we're doing is, um, you know, we still have all of the things in place um, that we always do for fear-free but we're just amping it up a little bit. We have lots of rewards and treats um, for dogs. We are we are uh, making them... We still use the exam rooms so that they feel safe and they don't feel overwhelmed, um, and we are just going real slow with them. Um, we are patient, and we're just providing a lot of love. Um, I thought we provided a lot of love before, even more now. Cats, we're still using our individual cat rooms, um, and again, we're just... We're slow, we are patient, um, we are rewarding, and um, we're doing the best that we can so that they want to come back here. And we're so excited to have clients back in the building June 1st. Oh, gosh, yes. It's going to be great. Yes, it is going to be good. We look forward to seeing everybody. Well, perfect. Love that perfect. answer. Good. Well, everybody, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us on Ask the Vet. Um, we'll catch you another Thursday next month. Yeah,
0: looking forward to it. Hey, thank thanks, you both. Gavin. Thank you both so much for calling in. It was fun. And hey, we, we answered some real questions, whether they were your mom we did, or not.
1: I know, I think it's great. <laughs> great. Great. Thanks, Gavin.
0: Yeah, thanks again, Emily's mom. Bye-bye, <laughs> bye bye, y'all.
1: Bye.